Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Both parents have, have spoken with each other and, uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. That these fellas will get such a f***ing shell shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their f***ing houses for f***ing years. So I'm not sure, lads, if this is going to be our last football show for a while because it all kicked off there just before we came on air. Um, the Taoiseach, Leo Varadkar, has um, said the government has banned outdoor gatherings of more than 500 people. Um, so we're expecting the GEA. They're meeting this morning. Um, we'll check out throughout the show as we're recording to see what they've come up with. Look, if the government says they're not permitted, I don't think there's any chance... GA matches are going ahead this weekend with crowds. Whether they go ahead behind closed doors or not is probably the question. Gerald, start with you. So, yeah, behind closed doors is a, is a, is a runner, I suppose. We've seen it happen last night in the Champions League. Yeah. Why wouldn't it happen in the, there, in the see, that's, that's taking the risk away from supporters, but it's not, I suppose, fixing the risk for players. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a, a smaller risk, obviously. A smaller with, risk. With, Fifteen and the backroom team and yeah. two thirty, sixty people. Yeah. If you cancel games for the two weeks, is it the end of March? Is the two week kind of uh, period that the Teachock has suggested? Not suggested. Till the twenty ninth of March. Twenty ninth of March. So put everything back two weeks. Seventeen days. Yeah. Put everything back two weeks. There's the April for club month gone. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's the least up. of that's the least of of the issues um, here. You could do the cricket Duckworth Lewis uh, <laughs> method, whatever that is, if you understand it. <laughs> I was <about> to say <laughs> you're going to explain it to us. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think the GPA are balloting their members, Connor, at the moment. I, ju- I just heard that uh, literally before we came on air to say to see would they be okay? Would they be okay with the idea of playing behind closed doors? But the most eminently sensible solution to me, as Jerry said, there is to postpone it and like. I think the GA have on their side, but because this is such an unprecedented situation, 
they can't really do any wrong if they, if they suggest an extreme reaction in terms of, listen, we're postponing everything for a couple of weeks. Considering, the, considering how the situation has escalated in the last few days, I think everybody yeah. will be okay with that. They can set the provisional date of 29th of March, as they have done already, and then obviously monitor the situation as they go. But to me, that seems the most sensible solution now because, yeah, while you said you're taking it out of the hands of the supporters maybe by playing it behind closed doors, but it's still the players still have to travel and the players are, you know, potentially still at risk with collective training and all that sort of stuff too. So I would imagine that, you know, come a couple of hours when the GA have decided what they're going to do, that they, they probably just said they'll postpone it until 29th of March and then keep it under review. Yeah, I think people need to take it seriously now because mm. I have to admit for the last three or four weeks, you know, this kind of thing, ah, it'll never happen to me or it'll never happen here. Or, it will happen. And like we're about three weeks behind Italy and look at the state of them. So like this is going to happen. And you'd be worried about St. Patrick's weekend when the whole, because the young people are still in denial. And like I was saying, it's not the young people that are at risk. It's your mothers, your fathers, your grandparents that you'll go out and have a great day on Paddy's Day shouting and roaring in a pub and other people shouting. You might get the shift later on that night and, yeah. you know, all the, all the rest of it. And then you're going home and you're meeting your parents and your grandparents and you're giving it to them and they're the vulnerable ones. So, like, people need to cop on, really, and realise that you, you just, for a couple, two or three weeks until we see how it pans out, you can't do what you want to do. You just have to take a hit on it. You do, and 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 we have to uh, be 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 selfless and uh, and do what is right and uh, play a sensible. Um, listen to again the the report, like most people have heard at this stage. Supermarkets will stay open, uh, pharmacies and everything else will stay open. Um, anyone who needs access to GP care, they're all open. But they're looking for you with the pharmacies and the GPs to phone in in advance and to mm. organise prescriptions that way so you're in you're collecting them when they're ready as opposed to hanging around and stuff like that but uh, it's in terms of collective training that's uh, I think it's an easy fix for the games push everything back two weeks and they will find space somewhere to to uh, get the games played but you see the, 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 sorry to cut you off but like two weeks isn't going to fix like if two weeks is to contain a potential massive yeah. outbreak it's not going to. It, everything's not going to be cured in two weeks. So a mass gathering of supporters in three weeks' time still won't work. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? This mm. is just. This is the initial. And phase you know, it'll be like Christmas period again, where there's no football on for a few weeks. Although that changed this year, but anyway, and everyone's looking to go to a game. So if there's nothing happen for two weeks, and there's a match on. Jeez, we'll all go to that. They'll probably have bigger crowds. Yeah, I exactly. Know. So yeah. what have you done in UCD? So you, you're obviously like you've just heard that statement at the same as us. So yeah, what, we, 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 we've 90 ladies. Uh, three of our four ladies football teams were due to leave Belfield this afternoon, uh, one in the morning, to head down to Clarny for the tour level competition so that competition has been cancelled in the last 10 minutes so, right uh, the university is due to shut uh, tomorrow um, or from this evening from 6pm and I'm sure I'll have an email or two from bosses when I uh, when we finish the, uh, the chat here but we have about four or five other games scheduled male uh, main games uh, male games next week uh, to be scheduled uh, via Crow Park but they'll probably be cancelled then as well um, so just yeah, the country's going on lockdown for two weeks, yeah. and that's it. Like I mean, the knock-on effect of the potential championship. Like I mean, mm. what happens to championship? Will it go back to an old knockout like years ago because we might not have the time? You yeah. know, I can see all these things on the cards. 
all games behind closed doors. Could you see that on the cards? Could you see the All Ireland final in Crow Park with nobody in it? How bizarre yeah. would that be? If we saw, yeah. I don't know if you saw PSG and yeah, Dortmund yeah, last, night. last night. And just hearing the players shouting and stuff. It was un, it was almost unwatchable, wasn't yeah. it? It looked like you were down at your local. <laughs> Soccer field on a yeah. Sunday morning, watching you know lads shouting and roaring. But, but there was a row at one stage. I think uh, Emery Chan tackled Neymar, and everybody piled in. You could hear everybody what everybody everybody was saying because there was no crowd. <laughs> but then the stupid thing about that is that um, PSG then the PSG players, I'm pretty sure, addressed the mass gathering of all their ultra fans who'd found some loophole that they could gather in the one place in Paris last night. So even after the game, although the fans weren't allowed. I think they gathered outside the stadium yeah. and then the players just to thank them afterwards but it just the optics of it looked at yeah but that just shows that how much denial people are in and they're like it's not going to happen to me yeah. that's what there's you know, a defiance about that as well like you're not going to tell me what to do and the, da- the yeah. danger as well is that like for somebody like for somewhere like Paddy's Day it'd be like well sure what else are we going to do but to go to the pub that's do you know the thing. what I mean and I'm feeling that as well Itzy and the children are in Spain. I'm fighting against going up <laughs> yeah. to Dublin all weekend on the, on the beer. <laughs> so I understand when people are thinking this, and we don't want to be drama making, dramatising this, but like, I mean, look at Italy. You don't want to go down that road and in three weeks have the, the state of them where they're all on lockdown. Just be careful for a couple of weeks and, and get it under control. And I think you've kind of alluded to, to it too, Wally, like in two weeks, is this going to be the end of it? It's not. Like the numbers are steadily increasing in Ireland. But each announcement, the increase is not just one or two people, it's four. And the next day, the next increase then is six. And then, so it looks like yeah. we're going to continue to... Uh, uh, yeah, exponential new, growth. Yeah, yeah. Exponential growth. Yeah. So, um, you could do a whole show so, on this, guys. We could get, yeah, a, few we call, get a few yeah. callers There's on. No matches to talk about. <laughs> Coronavirus hour. Yeah, we could yeah, become yeah. Pat Kenny there or something <laughs> yeah, like yeah. that. Uh, Donny Buckley, lads. This is a little bit of old news, but I said I'd mention it quickly. He was given the bullet really out of Kerry, if we're calling it as it is. Um... You know, this seems to be a personality clash between himself and Peter Keane. His his role had been reduced to very little. I think Tommy Griffin had been taking the defensive side of things. A really strange one. He he wasn't part of Peter Keane's initial backroom team. He was forced on Peter Keane. I think a lot of some potential egos could be involved. Personality clashes. It's, is it the best for Kerry football to not have him involved? Probably not the best for Kerry football. The best for Kerry football would for for everybody to be getting along and for Donny Buckley still to be in there, you know? So, like, I mean, I'm not saying whose fault it is. Maybe Donny Buckley likes to control things a bit too much, you know? And maybe Peter Keane doesn't like the fact that he's getting too big or too fond with the players. Who knows really what's going on in there? But there's no doubt it's a personality clash. There's no doubt his role had been reduced dramatically. There's no doubt that he's very popular with players. And there's no doubt that this is a very messy situation and heaps pressure on Peter Keane. Have I summed all that up fairly well? Or Pretty much to me, yeah. yeah. Just kind of uh, reading a bit into it, because uh, I wasn't aware of any kind of uh, lack of harmony between you know Donny Buckley or Peter Keane before he was let go last weekend. And just reading a bit into it and said that it, like it, it never like there was always kind of a bit of tension there and then he doesn't he go to the states annually i think and he came back a bit later this year and he said that uh, i just read i think it was tony lee and the examiner was saying that like since he's came back it's even worse than it was before and he seems to be further marginalized than than he yeah, had been before that's so, the word he's been marginalized he's yeah. been pushed aside like when you have someone who's as highly rated as him picking up cones and basically having no real role in the training 
and apparently he jumped ship off the Jack O'Connor ticket back in 2012 so mm. he's almost like a prisoner there because he can't be seen to jump ship on Kerry twice <clears throat> Yeah that's it and like, well sometimes like as you said that when Peter Keane t- I, I, I don't think he was maybe he wasn't imposed on Peter Keane but there was a condition basically whoever got the Kerry job after him Fitzmaurice they were going to be advi- the Kerry County Board were going to advise that you should get Tony Buckley on board and why wouldn't they say that given his reputation given what he could done with Kerry before and especially with Mayo in the few years previous but sometimes in that situation where you know somebody is you know he wasn't necessarily your selection or he maybe was imposing you well then the, you know it, it might have caused a bit of a reaction to you know within within the camp with Peter Keane Peter Keane and Tommy Griffin etc but uh, yeah it's strange and that, that that's I suppose the sad thing is, is that because he's left the camp now, that's probably the last of Donny Buckley's association with Kerry. And given it's, it's sad, given what the, the testimonies that a lot of the players have paid yeah. him over the years and, and said how good of, he was. A lot of the ex-players, Shims Minehan raves about him, Tomas O'Shea, Kieran Donaghy, Darren O'Sullivan. They're just some ones that, you know, were jumping out at you here. Aidan O'Mahony. Aidan O'Mahony was on it as well yeah. recently, yeah. But, you know, so like, I mean... But was it, he given a free roll with Mayo, just a few bits? I think he got free well. reign with Mayo. Tomas O'Shea saying that, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah. Tomas O'Shea was saying. But here's a... Here's one of the stats. So, um, John Fogarty had these stats with Buckley on board last year during the league. They conceded just over 13 points um, per per round per game in the 2019 league, and they're over 18 points um, this season. The season that he's been marginalised. Do you know what I mean? So, like, it doesn't really make sense. Like, if he's highly rated defensive coach, they've gone from 13 last year to 18 this year, and they're not using him this year. Yeah. You know, on the on the face of that, you you see a manager has to manage the management team, and he has to manage the players. And a strong manager, a confident manager, could see the benefits in somebody in the coaching staff. If he, I know they're not staff, but some of them are paid or whatever. But he can see the benefits in a guy, uh, what he can offer to the team. They mightn't get on as as individuals, but once there's a common understanding and agreements. That look at here's what you're good at. I want you to really focus in on that. Yeah. And if the guys are performing well based on what the manager is looking for the coach to do, well then a confident manager for me would be happy enough to let him get over on. it. Yeah. But given maybe I know we're only uh, outside looking in, but from what we've, we've been hearing, maybe the, the how affable uh, Buckley is and how successful he has been. Is there a fear factor there that uh, I might lose the the group potentially? Uh, yeah, if 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 I keep him around for too long, and that the uh, yeah. the negatives are outweighing the uh, uh, the positives, yeah, you just make and the call. There, even from the Kerry statement, specifying that he won't be replaced, I thought that was a little bit of a dig at him. You know, as in we he don't need to be he wasn't needed. You know what yeah, I mean? What yeah. he's doing, we have yeah. the man to do that. And you know, I didn't think there was an, immediately when I read the statement, I went right. That doesn't sound. You know, like yeah. this was amicable, and yeah. as it turns out, it was an amicable. But look, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Definitely, there's extra pressure, especially as we know Kerry have defensive issues, and they probably have defensive issues in a centre half back that is a very clever centre half back, or a stopper when he needs to be, or Keno Sullivan when he needs to be covering, you know, dropping mm. off, and they don't seem Read. to have that reading the game reading and or the game, like yeah. you say, a centre yeah. half back organising that defence because. They have good attacking wing backs. They use Paul Murphy as the sweeper, who's not a sweeper. He he he's not able to play that role, and they're missing that good, clever centre half back. I think you know, and Donny Buckley or Peter Keane can't just make one of these. Mm. The, and uh, I, what I've seen of Peter Keane and uh, and the couple of teams he managed under age. I know he's a great team uh, with Kerry for a couple of years at minor. 
level but the last two seasons he seems quite offensive minded Peter Keane and he's happy for the lads to uh, everyone attack a shootout yeah. down and shoot out and that seems to be uh, his philosophy and and uh, try to get a high press on maybe if it, if it is on but generally speaking he, he seems happy for the guys to, to, to go at it but again you won't win in All-Ireland without having a solid foundation and that solid foundation uh, for me is uh, um, someone in at six nearly all the time a uh, very strong midfielder uh, and a very strong fullback. But for me, three six, uh, a very solid midfielder and a very strong eleven. Uh, they're key, like you know. And, yeah. And, and uh, now again, it's fluid. The guys are moving in and out. Opposition as the game ebbs and flows, but they're the core positions that you need to have kind of nailed down. The spine of the yeah. team, yeah. No, definitely. Come here. This is one I was I was wondering about because I was reading Porrick Joyce and um, some quotes from him, and he was talking about last weekend. He says we just took the weekend off. You have to be fair to the lads. They have lives to live, family life, and some, um, some of them to look after. It's very hard. Even travelling to matches, getting excited about matches, you're constantly thinking. You're using a lot of men, getting psyched up for games. Uh, so he said, we trained last Friday night and gave them Saturday and Sunday off. And then I, I was thinking, like, that's obviously a, a great thing to do, and the players really appreciate it. And there's a whole kind of psychology of getting the players on board, liking you and stuff. And then I was thinking, the league is so so intense and the evenings are dark and when would you get you know a Saturday or a Sunday morning to actually do a bit of work in light and a bit of quality football you know what I mean mm. football work and I was thinking it's a lovely thing to do but is it a, is it a smart thing to do yeah I think Galway can probably get away with it at the moment because they're on such a roll you know what I mean like I was I was, I was kind of comparing the situations and if I heard that James Horan was giving the Mayo players off given the predicament they're in I'd be like well I don't think that's a good idea you yeah, have loads yeah. to work to do whereas Galway is obviously they're comfortable with their style they've honed it over the last few weeks whatever and he's just like you know like I, I, he's given the he's given the lads a few days to get excited about the Mayo game, which even if it goes ahead, and you know as if they needed to get excited about the prospect of relegating Mayo for the first time in twenty three years. So I think Park Joyce can say that because Park Joyce can do no wrong at the moment. Everything he's coming out <laughs> do with no wrong in this show, anyways, you know what yeah. I mean. So I think he can get away with it. Whereas it just depends on the various predicament that that, that teams might be in. But uh, as I said, like, like I'd say, just just the way Galway are, are going at the moment, I don't think it'll do them any harm. That is, if if the game end up going ahead yeah so the benefits of giving them the weekend yeah. off chair outweigh the 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 negative side of not getting a bit of work done in the light yeah I, f- I fully agree with Connor there so it depends on where the team is um, currently at and if they're going well it's, it makes no harm to give guys a, a couple of days off and not have, having to have to put on your your boots or whatever Boris Joyce he had a great quote today about uh, the under 20 competition and the Sigerson competition being played in the, the poor conditions he was referring to the. He was up at the under twenty game against Roscommon. Uh, Galway won well. He says you wouldn't put your mother-in-law on that. <laughs> Did he say that? Terrible. <laughs> My mother-in-law's coming to see me. Lovely lady. Yeah, yeah. I'm just <laughs> offended for all mother-in-law. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's awful. <laughs> <laughs> right, a classic. Yeah, Jeez, yeah, he's got. A, he's funny on top of everything oh, else. Yeah, Running yeah, yeah. choice can't do. Want to make him president? Here's another one I want to ask you, lads. So. Um, Fermanagh obviously at bottom of Division 2 and they've had no pitches to train on and question here is this an excuse for losing matches or do they have do they have a point so for the last three weeks they haven't trained on grass they've been using uh, 4G surfaces they've been training in Clocker in Tyrone and Dromore in Tyrone as well Ryan McManaman says at the moment you can see 
in that performance that we're not we're not shirking from it but we're being moved from pillar to post we don't have a base and it's affecting us in the way we can't do what we want to that's the crux of the matter but that's not up to me that's up to the county board to sort it do you have a point well, there Ger? Oh, he's, he's a huge point and again it comes down to human nature and our desire to have a routine the more than rearing mm. your kids and getting them into good habits yeah. when they're out of routine they go crazy the more than uh, adults as well and as a team where you're training senior to county football, you have worker college, you're trying to organise your fortnight every three weeks, every month to make sure that you're uh, as fit and as available as you can. But then you don't know where you're training a lot of the time. And there's a frustration and a tiredness that would kind of come with that. And uh, those small little uh, frustrations would, would certainly uh, feed into the performance. I so like it, it would go on their WhatsApp group, training's changed, lads, and then you got, this is some joke, and yeah. then that mm. negative kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. And then you're you driving, know. I don't know the distance up there, uh, none of us probably know them, but, but then you're on to your boss, or you're getting out of a lecture early, or I, I actually worked through my lunch now, and I have to go at four, as opposed to, I was okay to leave at five. I get you, and, 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 yeah. and it probably ties in with poor Joyce's point about mentally, you know, getting a break. These fellas probably aren't getting a break, and then uh, training can become a bit of a hassle the longer that continues like you know yeah. uh, in, in small doses you can put up with it but, but uh, long term I think that would uh, not go I just thought the AstroTurf pitches might make a bit of a difference like like we've even in the last couple of weeks have played an AstroTurf twice as opposed to normal pitch especially at this time of year it gives you a false impression in ah, terms the bounce of like, is ridiculous the bounce, yeah, yeah. The bounce particularly yeah. even the distances you can kick the ball like are a bit different and then you go on to a pitch that's probably in terrible nick given the weather we have so like all the preparation you've been done yeah. you've been doing has been oh, no, the, the, going into those a, 4G's are dread we yeah. used to train them on with Parnellas and the ba- like it's no comparison to winter football yeah. it's yeah. actually yeah. The, the height of summer football you're training yeah. on yeah. and then going out on a wet pitch like a minute yeah. and also your body is knackered yeah. it's hard on the knees yeah, too yeah. Yeah. Hard on yeah. the knees. so so, so that uh, and, and there are there is definitely correlation between training on the Astro and going on to soft grass pitch. People will pick up soft tissue uh, injuries. The whole yeah, time. yeah, 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 yeah. No, that makes sense. Okay, so to have he was talking about Fermanagh's style then, which has obviously been evolving, and it's taken him a little while to come out of it. Like, I mean, they were pretty extreme for the last was it two or three years. For Gallagher, Rory Gallagher, I think it was three. Two, uh, two maybe. Okay. I will see Annie, with Annie is two or three guaranteed. So he says you look at the defensive teams and yes. Um, they get you to a certain point, but they don't get you to a point of where you want to be. There's, uh, there probably has been a sea change in thinking, and you, you look at the new back pass of the goalkeeper being banned. There has been more emphasis on attacking, and you have to realise a lot of the teams are catching on now to how to play against defensive teams. They're not as stupid anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, pretty, like, it's pretty much what we've been saying on the show. Like The defensive, the defensive game plans are gone really because teams figure them out and when it's figured out and the counter-attack is figured out you can't get scores so number one you, you're not as effective at keeping the score down and you've, you're not effective at scoring so I think it's fair to say and isn't it fair to say that I don't think the rule changes change this anything I think that this just was coming out of it anyways wasn't it? Yeah I think so like the only thing I'll say is that Rory Gallagher might look at that and say well my team mightn't have conceded 3-14 against Armagh but like I'll fully subscribe to Ryan McMillan's theory and the more teams that are like subscribing to that kind of attacking philosophy the the better do you know but yeah. uh, it's just going to be hard It's like I, I would imagine it's hard if you're in for mana like Galway have seemed to manage it seamlessly but like if you're used to that way of playing for so long to just adapt to a, a different style of, of football I, immediately you must have, when you're used to routines but and it just shows how, how and stuff. what a good job Parik Joyce has done mm. like when you, when you think about it, we're talking about what 
he hasn't had much time with the dark evenings to actually I'd say they're just more talking about it they're probably doing minimal love lads I want to see you moving forward more now they've got great natural footballers mm. so and they play like probably don't play play probably kicking game with their clubs so maybe it's easier for him well and and it's always in with the enjoyment points uh, I think for me is that say an up and coming for man a footballer or, or uh, Donegal or whomever like you don't go to the back garden as a teenager um, or up to the local field and knock a lot of crack out of organising a pack defence with your mates like, you know <laughs> playing, yeah. playing bulldog but you're, you're trying to shoot from the corner flag and you're having yeah. a bit of banter yeah. and, and that's where the enjoyment comes from and, yeah. and again you have to tap into the psychology of the player and if you, if, if uh, I don't know how much enjoyment these players actually get playing pack defences and I know a couple of teams have won and probably Donegal have won their all Ireland format and could have had another one See they played an enjoying counter-attack game Yeah and yeah, uh, yeah they, I, I, I did in fairness and I'm probably overly critical of the maybe the mass defences but but, but uh, I, I, I think for players it's just more enjoyable unless you're one of these full backs we probably talked about who are all these lads are a bit mad because they're like a different sport. Yeah. Rare breed, yeah. Rare so breed. imagine ten young fellas out with the jumpers for goalposts, and they go, yeah. right, "We'll go seven against three. We're going to have seven in defence yeah, yeah. and see can you score against it." Yeah, it just yeah. wouldn't happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and, it'd be like well, the three would go home. Unless yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd be and, and you'd be knocking a bit of crack trying to take your man on, and even whatever soccer, World Cup, or yeah, game, yeah, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. the games used to play. Like, it's all know. about attacking and enjoying it, isn't it? Yeah, Johnny Joyle is actually a little bit of a tangent here but we, we probably have nothing to talk about now because it's no match but, but there's a good piece on uh, as was your previous employer uh, well it's, it's, a, it's a tantrum before the event but um, did a lovely documentary on, on growing up in um, North Inner City just uh, down with the markets but he was, he was making um, uh, the, a point on there's very few natural out and out footballers now in, in soccer he was talking about yeah. who just play off the cuff uh, where they be playing on the road and he was showing where he used to play, and that was the goal where the railings was. But the ball, if the ball hit the railings, the ball could bounce any direction, and you're reacting very quickly, mm, very and you're hitting the ball off the path or the curb. And and uh, and he said, you, you just develop these little pathways of trying to manoeuvre around someone. And he was saying, because I'm a small, a small guy, that I, I, I needed to be more nimble uh, and, and think my way out of trouble as opposed to the bigger burly fellas, although he was tough as well. Uh, some of the clips I've seen but, yeah. um, street footballers he called them yeah, yeah, street, yeah. South America as well a lot of, a lot yeah. of kids growing up would have played in the streets whatever because they wouldn't have the facilities so. yeah, yeah 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 no it's a good point yeah yeah I remember yeah. I was over in uh, Rio and I was travelling I was on my own so you go down to the beach I was uh, sitting around whatever and there was I don't know there'd be different soccer games going on all over the beach and uh one day, anyways, I was sitting there and they called me. Some lad had gone home. So I went over, joined in. Uh, God, and, uh, <laughs> oh my God. So imagine how useless you would be on playing on, on uh, dry sand. Yeah. So I just kept giving away the ball. They're being friendly enough to me or whatever. And then I went, right, well, I need to do something here. So I turned into a hatchet man. <laughs> so I started rattling into lads and using kind of a bit of physicality. And suddenly my team loved me. Yeah. And the other, <laughs> but then some other lads showed up and they told me to go on again. So I sat on, sat on the outside watching the match again, just watching it. And then I got back in another time. <laughs> bring in the Irish man. <laughs> yeah, bring in, the, bring in the hatchet man. But, yeah, but, they, but they, these lads playing just on loose sand, the skill and everything yeah, they had. Just, just normal, like, Flavella fellas, yeah. you know, just playing or whatever. But it was gas. Moving on from that side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
We two of the greatest GA cliches during the week, lads, and a new one from Stephen Coleman. It's not a new one, but I, I, th- I, I think Tomas O'Shea is to blame for this one. And he says, all you can do, Stephen Cohen says, all you can do is focus on the controllables, and that's what we've been doing. It's a beautiful one just to throw out there. You can only control the controllables. He's got one word wrong there. He's meant to control instead you, you of focus. control the controllables. <laughs> I think it was Tomas O'Shea, but he just threw it out. And then Porrick Joyce, who have been raving about, used one of the greatest GA cliches. He says, we've Mayo and Dublin left. They've been the best two teams in the country for the last 10 years. So we're under no illusions about the task ahead of us. Under no illusions. That's probably my favourite cliche. Well, you could throw in the mud and all. I was about to say. That balance off. It's up on the or something. He was aware that he did the cliche, so he said, oh, I have to give him something better now. Come here, before we go, lads, the common video. Um, We didn't have a chance to comment on this either. So there was a bit of outrage. I was looking at this and... I looked at um, Off the Ball had it on Twitter and they had the they had the quote get up you C-U-N-T or something or keeping down you C-U-N-T and I just saw the video and went Jesus what's this I was expecting some fella to be surrounded getting beaten up or yeah. you know some horrific fight or something yeah. and then I watched the video and went alright the language is a bit uncomfortable the, yeah, the C-U-N-T all. word but like there's nothing major going on here at all it was like why are they trying to make a big deal out of this? Yeah. Like, and then I had a fella on Twitter saying, oh, would you let your son be trained by him? I says, yeah, I would. I'd have no problem with Mannix being trained by him. As long as he wasn't calling Mannix that, like he's just <coughs> shouting it at everyone. He's just a generic, loose cannon coach that, in my opinion, will toughen a lot of these young lads up. And I don't think there's too many parents that grew up in GA would have any problem sending their children to somebody like that. Yeah, that's, and that's a real rugby uh, drill having played the schools rugby um, we used to do that type of thing the whole time you'd be, you'd be literally lying on your back or on your stomach someone on top of you or two and do your best to get up uh, the language I suppose you can probably maybe work on that a bit but then when you get in the zone sometimes mm. as a coach or as a player it is what it is and, and the, yeah. uh, Look worse kind of conditions as well. Yeah. Look yeah. worse because it was. But in some people shit. were saying it was a warm up. It was a stupid warm up. If that yeah. that had to be part of the session, they had to be well warmed up rather than be starting off in the. It hopes they've rather been thrown in. No, but it, it, look, like, it's, yeah. it was some sort of a. In, I don't know, like some sort of a strength exercise, right? Yeah. And it, but like he was really in character because all this, and then at the end he, he says change. He just completely, <laughs> yeah, 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 completely yeah. changed his yeah. tone of voice from like yeah. the. It's almost like he's. <laughs> yeah. the, the only mistake he, he looked like a hand passing drill now, lads. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the angle looked like he was filming it himself. Do you know what I mean? And it looks, if he puts that up on WhatsApp, it's gone. Like, do you know yeah. what it's gone? Was, was that Tony Buckley that she was it? <laughs> <laughs> That's why he was gone. That's Coincidence. Right, yeah. I think but it, but it, the, the funny thing about this is, and look, the, 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 the CUNT, the, the language, he was way, going way over the top of the language. Yeah. But he's the type of fella, and I was thinking of this watching it, like, the lads know that he's a little bit probably of a loose cannon and he does yeah. hard training and he'd punish you if you don't. There's nothing wrong with that. I was thinking these young fellas will be sitting in a pub in about five or six years' time and the conversation will go dry and, you know, they might think of going home and one of them will bring up stories of this mad lad. Yeah, yeah. And suddenly the pints will start flowing <laughs> and they'll end up in coppers. <laughs> like, I mean, it'll just, just be a memory. And, like, I mean, you know, some of it might be... Like he's the type of manager I'm sure that if you don't do it exactly right there's 10 more sprints and you're like oh but that toughens these lads up and stuff like that too right 
And it was probably just a, like I'd say it was just a departure from their usual things. Like, oh, we're going to try this thing, whatever. And as you said, like I think all clubs have that type of character. You know, that kind of just gets people going, gets people laughing, and as you said, gets those stuff that people will be talking about in a couple of years' time. The only the only issue is it was the repeated language. It just sounded. And I I think I I genuinely think it's because it was in muck and shit that it looked worse. Maybe. Yeah. We we throwing a, a favorite quote uh, quote of one of the best coaches managers I ever had. I better not name him. But when fellas were feeling sorry for themselves, he used to say, uh, the only place you'll find sympathy here is in a dictionary between shit and syphilis. <laughs> and that's what he said. Oh, now, whether you can put that on, I don't know. On the air. But, uh, but uh, that's what he used to say. But, uh, right. but this fella was... Uh, this is a, a great fan. That's a new one on me. I <laughs> yeah, I've never heard it. Yeah. We, we used to get every couple of weeks if, if, the, if the intensity was dropping off a bit and fellas were going through the motions, you know. Right, okay. Listen, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's, no, there's no doubt there's all, sorts of, uh, there's all sorts of characters and there's nothing wrong with them. That's basically the message. Right, we'll come back and we'll look at some of these matches that might not go ahead. I work as a policeman at Garda Shikana down, down the store street and I'm coming back out and there's a cohort of loyal Tyrone fans still up in the stand as you come back out and they're roaring at me, hey Coffrey, you free state bastard. <laughs> and, and, and next thing I hear, you have no fucking jurisdiction up here. <laughs> All right, so Galway versus Mayo. But before we talk about Galway versus Mayo, um, Connor, it looks like Dublin Club, Dublin County Board have called off all club activity until March. until 29th of March. Yeah, with immediate effect. And there's been a statement from Tom Ryan saying we closely monitored events as they unfolded this morning in relation to plans to contain the spread of this COVID-19 virus. We've been in daily contact with the experts in the HSE and Department of Health since start the outbreak. We'll continue to take their advice regarding arrangements in the workplace and around staging games would like to reassure you that we will be doing all in our power to safeguard the health, safety and well-being of our members and players. I have meetings with the government and a call with Kostya Banishtigta later this afternoon. We'll be back in touch to clarify matters at the earliest opportunity thereafter. That's from Tom Ryan. Right. That's a weird one, right? Putting it off, isn't it? Like saying, what do you need to meet the government? The government have just said that they're banning mass gatherings of people. Mm. Use a bit of your initiative and say, look, it looks like the games aren't going to go ahead. Don't, don't make any plans. Dublin <coughs> County Board have just done it. Dublin GA have done it. It's just said to you, I can't see why. I just see every other county you, following suit until the 29th of March. You, you could organise a conference call very quickly with the different members of, of course, the Banish the Octave, but um, uh, unless they're wait- he was waiting to get everyone in the one room. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's it. So we'll wait and see anyway. So look, we're obviously, these games could still go ahead behind closed doors. So like, I mean, we're not, we're not too sure. In Parik Joyce, another quote from Parik Joyce, who must have been at a media event this, this week, Les. But I did like this quote. He said, we've won four out of five so far. So we're trying to get a league final to win it. You don't often hear managers coming out and saying, we want to get to a league final and we want to win it. Yeah, and again, it's refreshing to hear uh, a manager speak like that, and particularly a new manager coming in. He obviously has an unbelievable uh, playing record with his couple of All Ireland's too. But to uh, be able to say that is, is uh, it is refreshing. It's nice for uh, I suppose pundits and that to to, to 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 hear those words as opposed to the usual game by game and. 
trying to improve on the things from the last game and cut out the things that didn't go so well the last game and mm. control the controllables yeah, yeah, yeah. etc etc which they all have their place and, and purpose too the whole it, thing yeah. of them saying we want to get to a league final we want to win it is yeah. there's no excuses when they lose he can't, yeah. he's not going to turn around and say well look we're trying to build our panel you know all this old bullshit that we're hearing from managers and taking the pressure off themselves he's put pressure yeah. on himself the the certain my early earlier years with Dublin you'd be training away playing your couple of league games a couple of the more established championship guys uh, at that stage were certainly wintering well um, and it was only by the end of the summer that these fellas kind of hit the ground running again but the thinking was and the philosophy was and the norm was that it's only the league it doesn't really matter we ended up down in Division 2 um, at one stage we did get back up but I know when Pat Gilroy came in he was trying to get us into a good habit of trying to win against the top teams perform against the top teams and again get into a routine uh, and a habit of actually winning and particularly some yeah. of the closer games and that absolutely carries through to the championship and that's where Paul Joyce is definitely getting at as right. well because Galway yeah. have the squad to call the Galway yeah. have the squad to, to be able to have a tilt at the league and then yeah. you know to be able to recoup them for championship and why wouldn't you want to have a tilt at the league if you look at uh, like Dublin have won it most of the last few years Mayo won it last year even the teams that have been in the final I, I can't think of too many that got to a league final that had a bad championship on the back yeah. of it so the precedent is there like especially didn't do Mayo too good last year now well we got to the semi-final still like, hammered by Kerry hammered yeah. by Dublin and now we're falling bring, bring it back home <laughs> <and now we're laughs> I don't think that's just because we won the league apart, anyway. are falling apart now this year on the back of that league you're still celebrating that league Connor. you're still Stop. celebrating Stop. that league no but like, I mean so this is it Galway can put you down Connor. like yeah. this weekend that's the reality of it yeah and uh, look likely to put us down on the back of kind of their form coming into it and our form coming into it and especially uh, with, with it being at Pierce Stadium as well I mean I was about to say our record at, against Galway in Pierce Stadium isn't great but our record against Galway in anywhere in the last few years especially actually it's probably worse than Castlebar than anywhere and the only time we've beaten them that I can recall in recent memory was down in Limerick so I was out of Connacht completely so like all all the all the like form or all the timelines, like uh, anything you can study, go into a Galway win this weekend. And I suppose me and probably a lot of other fans are holding out hope for another miraculous escape that Mayo have managed. And in re- obviously, not last year when we won it, but the, the few years beforehand, whether it was Kevin McLaughlin getting a last minute score against Throne, Kevin McLaughlin getting a last minute score against Donegal to draw with Donegal and Bally Buffet. So that's what we're holding on out for hope at the moment because some of our established players aren't close to coming back. And the players that Mayo have brought in that we you know, might have hoped kind of hit form or kind of become established sooner rather than later. It just hasn't happened. So um, I, I, I still maintain hope that like because it's, it's, it's do or die for Mayo at this stage that we might be able to pull out a result. But, um, you know, with my head rather than my heart, I'm saying Galway. Ironically for Mayo, they struggled against the Kevin Walsh-Galway system and Mayo would much prefer to have seen Galway for the last f- five years play like they are now. Yeah. And now they're going in to play this Galway and it's like, oh shit, this, yeah. I don't like this Galway, I don't like this Galway either. Especially where they are in terms of their development because like Galway a couple of years ago, if they came out, the way the Mayo were at in 2017 and 2018, let's say, when, when Galway would have beaten us, I, I think we would have, even if Galway came out and came played the style of play now, they, they, they do now, Mayo probably would have been that bit stronger that would be able to take them. Whereas now, Mayo are at a level where defensively even we're not as solid as we used to be and we, we lack that punch and attack as well. So, like, ironically, look, one way to maybe try and curb the threat of Galway this weekend would be to do what Galway have done against us in recent years, but I can't see us going that way no. either. It, it, and I think what's, what's, what's great about this game for the Mayo players and uh, for James Horn and the management is that it's effectively a knockout championship game if you could treat mm. it like that and that adds its own bit of uh, adrenaline to the guys particularly 
some of the older fellas or the guys who've been around for a couple of seasons and it's kind of shit or bust like if you don't perform and win we're gone down to Division 2 um, and I think you'll get the best out of the players and I think he'll actually learn most out of the players in this particular intense environment because yeah. It is a knockout, so to speak. Yeah. Would, would would Mayo care too much if to enter Division 2? I know this is the longest serving Division 1 team and all the rest of it. Is it the end of the world to Mayo? Um, no, not really. Well, They're well, making a bit more out of it. Like yeah. Donegal have come up and down. It's done them no harm in the chat. There's never been a panic from Donegal about it. I, They've still won Ulster titles on the back on the back of of it. I think it's purely because of that record that it's been seen as potentially worse than as it could just be. Landmine of landbreaking event, yeah. and that it's gonna that that this is the thing that finally marks the decline of this great Mayo That's team. It. Whereas it's not necessarily like we talked. I think it was last week about. Um, the pattern that that has developed in the league in the last few years, there's there's been an established top six, let's say, and we would like you'd include Donegal and Toronto that who have gone up and down in recent years and don't you know don't see it as an absolute nightmare if they yeah. if they go down. And to be honest about it, while you know like while while Mayo probably are on on the way in a little bit, I would still if we got relegated this year, I'd still absolutely fancy our chances to bounce back again. Straight back year. up, do you know yeah. what I mean? So now if they got a few lads back, I still think that that Mayo team that's been playing in the league this year, it's too it's not good enough. Like it's not good enough to stay. No, I agree. Yeah, I agree. You know? Yeah, well, it's yeah. about what eight regulars uh, out of the team. I yeah, to be four. Jason Doherty, uh, Chris Barrett, Killian O'Connor, Shamie O'Shea, Donny Vaughan, Colin Harrison. Boyle's gone for the season. Brendan yeah. Harrison's been gone for most of it. I mean, they're uh, like it, it, they mightn't be at the peak of their powers anymore, but they're still absolutely frontline players Gibbons. and, and crucial. Gibbons, the midfielder. Uh, not Did you mention ta- him? Not Tom Carson. Oh, Mary Ruan. I forgot Luan. about Mary Ruan yeah. as well, actually. Yeah, so crucial to, as I said, a lot of them maybe are just a little bit past their peak, but they're still absolutely crucial uh, to, to this Mayo team and the identity of this Mayo team. So who knows, like, the, the way things are going, this could be postponed and, and give, the, give them lads extra time to get back. And it could be the be. great escape from the <laughs> coronavirus, <laughs> right? So, like, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely hard to know, but it doesn't, like, eight months ago in Limerick, Mayo beat Galway convincingly. It's a mad... That, you know, they, looked, they were by far the better team that night. Galway were only hanging on, to be honest with you. And I was down at it. Galway looked like a tired team. They looked like a jaded team. Come to the end of Kevin Walsh, run it. You know, just they didn't have any spark about them. Mayo looked like, oh, here we go again, running through the qualifiers, big team. And within the space of eight months, without much football being kicked, Mayo went to the Super 8s, got beaten twice heavily by Kerry and Dublin. And now we're back into the league, and it looks like it's completely flipped. The Galway look like the, the fresh, the the dynamic team, and Mayo look like the kind of tired team, run out of ideas. Well, you you, you, you probably nearly answered everything in what you said there, Woody. Where Kevin Walsh was coming to the end of his tenure, the guys were probably fatigued and uh, playing that particular way. Um, not knowing their personal relationship with Kevin Walsh, um, I'm sure they're all fond of him, but no more than a teacher or a parent. After a while, it was the same voice the whole time, the whole time. You know, the, the message isn't as strong, and, and yeah. that's what happened. Mm-hmm. I think the same happened up in Monaghan as well, and uh, Maliki Rourke. Uh, Porridge Joyce coming in, the record he has as a player, his uh, flamboyant offensive style as a player, um, that's obviously transferring into the lads. He's given them the freedom to play, express themselves. They're uh, extremely fit uh, looking at them wherever he, he, he did over the winter uh, they certainly hit the ground running and it's just a newness a freshness and, and guys are enthused by, by uh, the new coach coming in and some of the more talented guys from Galway who underperformed uh, last year or the last couple of seasons uh, 
with the new manager coming in, it's an opportunity to actually impress him, and we all want to impress the manager. So they're obviously again hitting the the ground running. I would fear for Mayo in terms of James Horn. I think going back in, he got a good bounce initially. Mm. If they do get relegated, and again, I know they're missing players, um, he'd be going into his third year in Division Two. Um, it could be an opportunity then to develop some of these guys coming out under twenty twenty one, uh, get a bit of experience, and 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 be more competitive. And you would certainly bet on them coming back up if that's the case. But what does he do then? He, he'll have another three years done. Um, I think it's a four-year term. four-year term. Four well. This term is, is second yeah. year, isn't second it? Second year, year yeah. It'll be third year next year. Yeah. Yeah. It's so a, it's a big it, commitment, but as a manager as well. But, uh, but only, yeah. yeah, he is trying to turn it. He is trying to, you know, bring new players in. But, like, I mean, at the same time, last game was the first game that we saw Aidan O'Shea more in a, in been put into the full forward line a little bit more um, Connor and Keith Higgins moved centre forward finally like let's see something new let's let's change things around I don't mind Keith Higgins might be not tight enough to play in the full back line but as a middle third player he's still got a good straight he's a good straight line runner and he's effective I don't still don't think with his back to goal he's that effective but he, he played the first half of the 2013 uh, final forward, 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 yeah. 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 he was good like, you know? and you know what happened yeah. in that 2013 final he was brought back to mark somebody in the second half Onagara and then I think it was Onagara concussed yeah. towards the end and, and then Keith Higgins stayed he missed him yeah, yeah he, he stayed back one, in half because yeah. uh, he broke the line it, literally the first minute that yeah. uh, all Ireland final he broke the line he hit yeah. the post um, but I, like I, I like I think broke Jer's line. Is broke that no, 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 his the the game against Dublin in the championship last year was the first time I can remember Keith Higgins actually not starting a game for Mayo that he was fit and available for. So I think just in terms of Keith Higgins alone, I think uh, going forward this season, I I think that that could be something you see more often him him kind of um, used around the middle as as a line breaker as opposed to a traditional man marker. Let's say let's say at the back. Yeah. And I think the, the specific circumstances against Kerry it was a gale force breeze. I think Mayo were something like eight points down at half time, and they just. They just had to kind of revert to that running game and trying to get line breakers, and, and I think Keith was effective apart from his his miss at the end, which uh, which wasn't great. But yeah, in terms of something new, um, I think I think what James Horn has tried to do in terms of something new is that personnel. But it's been a real mishmash in terms of he's brought lads on for a half, and then he, you know James Carr, for example, I think was taken off at halftime three games in a row. Tommy Conroy's been given halves. Jordan Flynn, well, because of he's got a couple of red cards, yeah. hasn't hasn't seen hasn't seen um, full seventy minutes a lot. Of the time as well, so I, I and and I think we've we've said this as well before. It's really tough for young players to come in when they're coming in with a batch of young players as, as opposed to coming in with you yeah. know maybe thirteen. Well, yeah, needs most like obviously with all the lads so that, out. That's so. just the way it's been. Yeah, yeah. I do think that because they've no huge strike forwards, that the running game isn't going to suit them so much anymore because they're they're nearly always ending up at a situation where the other team have players back. I do I, think a. a a focus on moving the ball faster through the foot will definitely help their forwards up there, you know? Well, and, and I'd agree with you and, and I'm just thinking probably a question, Connor, for you then, uh, even though it's your show, Willie, but, uh, <laughs> but no, just Aidan O'Shea, is, is he hampered because of his versatility that he, he, he doesn't always know where he's playing consistently? And I'm just thinking of, yeah. uh, I'm not going to say put him in the same bracket as uh, David Clifford, right? But he's an extremely talented football, Aidan O'Shea. But Aidan O'Shea in the full forward line, two-man full forward line, the way Kerry are trying to play, 
um, and just leave him up there. He's going to win 70% of the ball. He's not going to win everything, but he's probably going to win 70% of, of the ball, you'd like to think, and just get him up there, causing bother for fellas, and let the younger lads uh, do all the damage around the middle, all the run. For well, I, I, I thought that might happen when, when the advanced mark comes, came in, but I, I think we've, we've discussed this before as well, Willie, but I wouldn't necessarily see Aidan O'Shea as that man either, mm. because um, the, compar- the comparison that's always been made with Aidan O'Shea, because they're similar in age, they're similar in stature, and they're similar in their influence in the team, was yeah, Michael Murphy, yeah. but he was never Michael Murphy. He's, yeah. like, he never had the scoring power of Michael yeah. Murphy. Maybe barred that season in 2015, where he scored that goal against Donegal, scored 3-4 or something against, against Sligo. Sligo yeah. But that, that created a false impression of what Aidan O'Shea it is. Aidan O'Shea to me uh, I think you agree Willie is his best position is 11 his best position is centre forward he provides that little bit of physicality in, in attack he's not um, he's not he's not as mobile as the, the most mobile midfielders let's say so sometimes his that maybe slight lack of mobility can be exposed but like when he's at 11 he can be involved he can be breaking up play yeah. he can be getting tur- turnovers and he can be linking that play between between midfield and between full forward line and because he's playing 11 there, you know, there's the option the odd time go in 14 for 10-15 minutes yeah. or go back around uh, midfield for, for 10 or 15 minutes but like the, the thing is this year Mayo can't afford to have Aidan O'Shea anywhere but midfield at the moment because try to bring Tom Parsons back he's been taken off in two games at half time yeah. yeah. Stephen Cohen has played there. They're, 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 Seamus O'Shea is not, not back Matty Ruan's not back so Aidan O'Shea has had to play there yeah. and I think Mayo have suffered both in terms of um, b- 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 not having those midfielders but also not having Aidan O'Shea at, 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 yeah. at 11 as well as just, just to go back to kind of the, the kicking game the benefit Mayo the loss of Andy Moran is an obvious thing and the, office, the loss of Jason Doherty is ball winning forwards that we don't have and it just goes to show this attack Mayo have struggled so badly for scores and it just goes to show how, how much that Mayo attack has relied on those two players in the last few years Yeah no definitely you're, you're completely I think 11 is his position and throw him in at 14 for 10 minutes in, a, in both halves you know yeah. and to mm. surpri- keep the other yeah. team guessing so the, the last thing you want is to have it so obvious that you can plan for it you want yeah. to have them going right well shit he could be in there now am I marking him now yeah. or what yeah. you know these kind of conversations yeah. so you have to keep them guessing like it may, spare a thought for poor young Oshin Mullen who's going to mark Shane Walsh this weekend after marking David Clifford in the last game and I was just thinking are they trying to send him to Australia <laughs> he's, going for, he's going for trials in, in April and would you be thinking I'm not staying around here to mark these, <laughs> these fellas every week I'm a full back usually a corner back comes in and marks these good forwards he's actually getting, getting the job another thing that I just want to talk about here lads before we move off it is Galway and their team is picked which is fantastic and I'm looking at the Galway team now and I'm saying I can name 13 of their starting team for the championship isn't that the way it should be towards the end of the league you should be getting to a point where you know your team. I'm tired of looking... I look at that Mayo team. Now, again, we have to keep putting this in the context of James Horan's hands are tied mm. and he's, he's been decimated. But at the same time, everyone says the league is for experimenting. There's seven games. The first three games are for experimenting. Four. And I'm talking about let four in one game, four in another game, three in another game, three in another game. That's what's that? Six. That's 14 new players you've tried out for a full game without dismantling your team massively and now you've got game five six and seven to pretty much be nailing it yeah. down do you know what i mean so like i mean you look at the galway team pick this weekend connor gleason in goals he's going to be their goalie your full back line sean kelly sean mulcarran and johnny heaney that's going to be their full back line their half back line is gary o'donnell john daly and killian mcdade i'd say uh, uh liam silk will come in for gary o'donnell and that'll be their half back line Midfield, Ronan Steed and Tom Flynn. That'll be their midfield. Half-forward line, Eamon Brannigan, Damien Comer, Michael Daly. 
That's their half forward line. Full forward line. Rob Finnerty, Shane Walsh, Adri- Adrian Varley. Um, Ian Burke could come in for Adrian Varley. Um, Paul Conroy could come in for Adrian Varley. That, that place is probably up for grabs. There's their team. We're in, we're in round six. Is that not the way it should be, Ger? Yeah, yes and no, right? And, and, and um, again, depending on where you're coming from, and Paul Joy's starting point is trying to change habits and get guys into um, a good run of form and winning games and beating and performing against the top opposition. So come championship, there's not that big of a fear factor. And you realise that, you know what, we're not that far behind these fellas or the same as these fellas. We've just got to go out and do it. Um, if your team is too settled, then. But the okay, well, okay. Well, I'll, I'll put it this way: yeah. in a manager's first year, mm. when he tries out a few players, should he not be landing on his team f- towards the end of the league? I'm not saying right. So, say if you're in your fourth year and you know the players yeah. well, like James Horn can mm. experiment. He might know his team come championship. But for your first year with the team, if should you not be settling on a team by the end of the league? You ha- like a good chunk of them. But. You should, and 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 I, and I do agree with your points. Say Daisy Farrell coming in is probably uh, somewhat different. The new manager coming in, and he's played all sorts of different fellas. But I could name the thirteen and the Dublin fifteen team as well, and so could you guys. Jim Gavin's team. Do you think he might try to change? You know, that's, well, he's in a he's probably he, in a different situation as well. He is, but some of the guys he's he's tried to bring in aren't at the level that's that's uh, that's required. But in fairness, he's having a look at fellas. Like yeah, you're yeah. saying he's mm. trying three or four fellas. Uh, a game, but uh, for me, certainly they, they, they're not quite there. Yes, if they will get there, and it's going to be very close. To very close to the other team. team yeah. But but um, yeah, no, it's a fair point. If it's an established team, and you're in your third or fourth year managing, you want to keep guys in their toes. But it comes down to what do you have available to? And, and I know we've talked about Mayo uh, for a while at this stage. Um, if you can develop a couple of guys in each position, um, keep it competitive. Well then. You know that's going to bring about a stronger team success. In Galway's case, new manager he is trying to find his team. Um, you can understand what he's trying to do. I think again, naming the team in advance of of, of the weekend is uh, going to pundits or GA supporters. Uh, it actually adds value to the whole thing because you can actually have a proper chat about what's going on. And, and he hasn't uh, moved away from that starting fifteen um, that I can think of. Well, the mo- no, like I mean, yeah, yeah. Th- he he's, he's he has experimented. Yeah. But he hasn't experimented at a point where, you know, he's gone, he's gone crazy. I'd say he just had a good idea in his head before he came in what way he wanted to go. Yeah, and part of the experimentation he's done is kind of, uh, like he's playing, like when you named out that full back line, it was Sean Kelly and Johnny Heaney are going to be their championship full back line. Yeah. You never would have said that no. before the start of the league. No. So it's not like, it's it, it hasn't been, let's say, as dramatic in personnel let's say, as, as Dublin has, but def- definitely in terms of... Uh, getting the right personnel to play that style of football or, or switching them around like I, I definitely wouldn't have seen that and I just to go back to your earlier point I think with the with the 13 and the 15 I was thinking of uh, Peter Cook or is he injured he's away uh, he's away uh, travelling sorry yeah he's away travelling yeah. uh, that was the only that was the Dougan only one is the other and Duggan sorry yeah, I'm not yeah. thinking he's injured yeah yeah so that was it but but like uh, I, 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 just I, Keen Darcy has been getting yeah. a few games the big fella I kind of would agree with you in that like well surely the whole purpose of experimentation in the first place is to arrive it's to arrive at what you want yeah. you know like I mean I do think and I do take uh, every situation is different, different yeah. but, but like, generally say, speaking you're right yeah. say for my, Mike Quirk and Leash now yeah. we should be seeing his team this weekend he's pretty you know his team for the championship as much as possible and in round six you shouldn't be trying a lot out like at what point are you going to, these, these should be six and seven should be pretty much close to championship games well and again a new manager coming in a Mike Quirk uh, his, his profile um, within Leash maybe wouldn't be as um 
what's the word I'm looking for? But, but uh, as 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 stable maybe, um, or as legendary, as legendary, yeah, <laughs> as yourself in each or apologise in in, uh, in 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 Galway. So he's certainly keen to get a squad together very very quickly. Now I thought he's actually missed a good opportunity to relegate your near rivals Kildare, but um, yeah, the previous week. But uh, that's 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 gone now. We were a long way off relegating them. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a but, long uh, way off. The yeah, the, again, the likes of Mike Quirk, it does come down in the situation that you're in. But see, Dublin don't need to have their f- championship 15 until the Super 8s, you know. Yeah, um, true. The Leinster let's, Championship let's is there yeah. at Warm-up, Go, Galway yeah. do need to have a Mayo, do need to yeah, have yeah. Um, But um, that brings in championship structures. And, oh, and God, yeah. yeah. We might, yeah. we'll have to do a few bonus no shows games. of championship <laughs> yeah, yeah, structures. Yeah, yeah. God, I don't think we'll have too many listens Parts for that. Parts one, two and three. Everyone's yeah, yeah. done with championship <laughs> yeah, structures. Yeah, yeah. Right, okay, and we're done with part two. We'll be back in part three and we'll take a look at some other games. When your legs don't work like they used to before I was actually coming home on Saturday morning and I had the podcast on from Newbridge Southern 8 and that that helps the journey to be honest if I'm if I ran out of Ed Sheeran songs depends on mood I'm in Ed's good for uh, if you're in a sopping mood Ed's good to sing along to you and then if you're in a GA head mood which I am probably most of the week then I turn these boys on Darling I will be loving you Okay, so obviously the big one in Division 2, lads, is Armagh versus Roscommon. Um, the winner of this pretty much guaranteeing themselves a place in the final, um, you'd imagine. And they'll go up to up to nine points. So to put themselves in a really, really, really strong position. They're the two big teams. They're the two teams most people would have tipped to get out of the division. I think you boys did. I went for Kildare, um, stupidly. Um, Armagh have scored 3-14 in the last day against Fermanagh hammered them um, missed about 4 or 5 goal chances and put other ones into the goalkeeper's hands they've scored 7-73 in 5 games like I mean they really are the Galway of Division 2 at the moment that slight bit of inconsistency still haunting them um, I don't know what you put R- Rian O'Neill was talking at a media thing today he says we're getting good performances and we're getting that consistency we're getting games where we're starting well and not seeing them out. So it's all about getting the consistency across the board. And I suppose their inconsistency is Leash, who's their complete bogey team. And for about 15 minutes against Westmead, they switched off and conceded 2-1 and went from a really comfortable position to lucky to draw it. I'm just wondering how... They were pretty young. They have a lot of young players. How do you get that... Cons- is consistency an attitude thing? And is an attitude thing... Like the top players usually have good attitudes. Do you know? Yeah, it's a mindset. Probably encapsulates a couple of uh, uh, values or ways of thinking, and attitude being one of them. But you look at again the the Clare game and the two games you mentioned, Woolley, um, where Leash and Westmead uh, are sorry, the two yeah, hiccups. Uh, the uh, the two bogey teams, like like they have been doing pre- pretty well again. What I would have enjoyed about Kieran McGinney and some of his comments. I know he spoke about them here too. He, he seems very honest um, with himself and the and, and the, the management team and how they're trying to set up for one of those games. And that seems to be transferring onto the likes of the young players like Green O'Neill. And I think I read down further into that piece where he was talking about uh, Reen some of his performance the last day. He says I only actually turned up for 15 minutes in the 70 minutes, so 
there's another 55 minutes where I was quite poor and I need to try to improve uh, my game that way, which is a good maturity. But attitude, um, it's probably mindset, developing a habit that regardless of who you're playing, that you're trying to do the same things week in, week out. You're trying and to is that just drilling way. that home in meetings? Like, is that yeah. just keep talking about this? Keep yeah. focusing on it, not switch off, keep the concentration all the way through, doing a bit of video work. Look, you switched off there. We can't have that. Yeah. Try to have the players policing it themselves on the field, all those things. Yeah, you, you know, uh, say on the field, the play, fellas see red miss as, as, as I have uh, myself during the career. But I used to have to work on that then um, with a couple of visuals, one or two things strapped to my wrist to try to re-engage the logical side of my brain, so the logical, the emotional side of your brain. So in the same way where a game is going well for you um, or not going well, you can just totally switch off and you don't even realise it's happened because you're human. Um, And it's trying to be aware of that uh, fallibility that we have. Um, but also some of the leaders on the field when they see this happening if there's a couple of plays where guys are trying a 40 yard cross for a ball which wasn't part of the, the setup at all um, guys need to be getting on to each other mm. saying listen let's go back to the game plan stick to the plan and stick to the process without copying Jim Gavin's yeah. uh, uh, cliche but that's actually what works well uh, yeah. with the, the, the top performing consistent teams as opposed to the teams that show brilliance and then the next week or the next part of a game they're like what happened there, like you know, yeah, because against Westmead, they conceded a goal and then conceded another one pretty quickly. And you don't see the top teams really that happening to them, no, no, they don't. And 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 if they do concede the first one, it's it's a case of well, very, very quickly what happens. Uh, and and and, and the more mature a team is, you, you don't even need to discuss it with one another as a group, you're just going to understood that well, the reason we really conceded this goal is because too many of us pushed up, uh, pushed forward in the previous attack where. That's not what, what what we talked about beforehand or wherever it was yeah. and that you adapt and you think really, really quickly uh, and you change things. But there might be an out kick out then as well that you, uh, or set play that you'd have uh, practice uh, and training and that's the one then you go to. And guys know, OK, the goal's gone in. We won't get overly emotional about it, but we're going into the set play now where fullback goes that way, he goes that way and all of a sudden... Oh yeah, we're back in the game again. You're back in the game. Back you're the game you're on again. the ball because yeah, there, yeah. there's always a catch. I always remember playing wing back for Leash, and we you'd have to concede a big score, and the, it was Fergal Byron's kicking it out, and they all went long down. And you're just saying to yourself, "Please, Garvin or Clancy, yeah, catch yeah. this. Yeah. We need this one." Yeah, yeah. And you shout at them, and you say, yeah. "Garvin, come on now!" And you make eye yeah. contact, and you yeah, say, "We yeah. need this." Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Instead of just having a plan to actually guarantee <laughs> yeah, you're going. Yeah, to, yeah. Yeah. Well, that was the plan. Sometimes you really, fella. really need that ball. This yeah. is a vital ball that we have to win. Yeah, it is a vital ball, and and I think across the board, the the, the percentage, the success percentage, the percentage success rate of winning the opposition kickout is decreasing the whole time. If you start to look at games, because keepers are now uh, trying to keep possession, they are going to be shorter. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, even, was it Byron's kid and goal for the least twenties last day? Or? Yeah, Byron's yeah, 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 very good. Like I think again, he was in eighty two or eighty three percent of uh, winning their own kickouts. It was only the few that. He actually did go long that uh, that they lost, but um, it's it's just the way the game's gone. But see, if you have a plan, right, where where a goal goes in or the crap hits the fan, well, we talked about this could happen, 
and based on this scenario, here's what we're going to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. so there's no panic. It's now. important psychologically for it that is, panic. It's all, psych- it? it's all uh, psychology. And, yeah. And, uh, what did you have in your wrist that took you out of the mist and into the light? The, well, well, <laughs> calm down. Calm, yeah. well, <laughs> well, Caroline Curve, who uh, great lady, great uh, Sligo lady, does an awful lot of uh, great work, sports psychology. Yeah. And, she yeah. she's either brilliant or very lucky with the team she gets with because they all win all Ireland. Mm. So like but either she's brilliant or she's well, uh, well how to pick a team. She well, knows how to pick a team. <laughs> well, that strategy too. Like you, you want to be going into a team where there is a chance of success too. Yeah. But she wanted me to write some stuff on 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 my wrist and all that. But eventually, I said that's a load of. So <laughs> I said put a bit of white tape on there and uh, put it in really really tight. And she says to me, if you feel like um, you know you're going to lose the head. Just kind of have a look at the white tape, or, or, or just kind of pull at it, or something like that, you know. Right. And uh, just to keep it focused. But uh, so but it's it, just like some sort of trigger to snap yeah. it out. Of it. Some did, trigger, it, did you think it worked? Did, uh, it, I, I, did you use it? Well, I tell you, the biggest thing that helped me change was that if you keep getting sent off, you won't be playing anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You won't keep your place. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You don't need a white tape. To I don't need white tape. Send me that. So, <laughs> so as a parent says, we throw the white tape on. Now, some rugby guys, uh, it depends. One thing works from another guy in terms of rituals or routines or superstitions. Yeah. Your superstition. I mightn't oh, that's a load of waffle that doesn't mm, bother yeah, me yeah. but if you didn't do them I'm going to play crap oh my god so fellas get used to again a, a routine and behaviour exactly. a lot of the rugby guys you see them and the props you see uh, all sorts of stuff written on there yeah written on there see yeah. um, you, you can't take my opinion on this because my opinion is an extreme that's a load of bullshit will you cop on yeah. will you toughen yourself mm. up and you don't if you need that there's, you're, you're weak mm. now I'm not right in saying that because if it works for someone or if it doesn't work whatever that's what I was interested I didn't think you were the type of fella to look at your wrist yeah. and go uh, but I still thought it was interesting if if it distracted you maybe just, or something was, I could understand that second, yeah. but if if it, if, if, if yeah, I don't know what do lads write on it like I mean I don't even know you see it you see it and sometimes you, you think it's a fad down. like a new pair yeah. of boots I thought oh, they look cool lads, on your tactical wrist. you know plays for line outs or line out calls or something like that right. maybe but maybe it is like you even just have the tape there to pull on to yeah. hand it down yeah. write down yeah. next ball like are you alright I'll do that ok yes I must go for next ball but again it's about really what you need to do is is when this, when you're base, faced with this scenario, here's the couple of things you worked on. So we're going to try these things. So there's no panic. And then it's just in your head. And um, when people panic, that's when all sorts of th- things happen. If, if you get skinned as a defender and the ball goes in the back of the net, you are going to say, fuck's sake, you know. And, uh, yeah. But then straight mm. away, okay, well, here's the kick out we're trying to work on. Yeah. We win the ball and up the field we go. And then I'm like, right, what did I do? How did your man get past me that time? Okay, he's he's pushing off his right, so I'll, I'll be ready for the next time. Yeah, and then, but then yeah. the 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 best sports psychology that I've ever had has been being flying fit and being well prepared. Yeah, that if you're flying fit, you know you can make that extra run. You can get rid of your man when he's yeah. drawing breath. You're gone again. Yeah. The f- confidence that gives you and being prepared, like you said, having some tactics, having yeah. some plan, mm. having something as you go, they're not ready for this. You walk into that game thinking, Jesus, we're really ready. That's a sports psychology. Better yeah. than anything written on your stra- on your wrist or better than any of that nonsense. But being reminded of that, I'm sure when you were like that, when you were flying fit and the manager told you, you're flying, you're you're going yeah. you're, you're yeah. to yeah. play hell with them that weekend. Yeah. You'd be 10 feet tall after that. Oh, Mikko was great for that. Like, Mikko was unbelievable. With His sports psychology was constant. Like, Justin McNulty used to call it, everybody has to be positive here. 
Mikko wouldn't be into that. Mikko's just a positive man. Mm. So we'd play in matches and in hindsight they were stupid. It would be the A's versus the B's and because like, demoralising for the B team would get hammered every time. Ross Muddley, you're flying it. This is <laughs> now Ross would be skinning the poor lad on the B team. And it, the lad on the B team would know he's never getting on the team. Yeah, yeah. He'd have no motivation to be tracking Ross. Yeah. Jesus, Ross, you're flying it. <laughs> so now Ross is hitting in 3-5 in the training. I remember I'd be marking Darren Rooney. I was, yeah. One year I was on the B team and... Uh, I was playing wing forward. I scored a goal and he wouldn't tell me I was playing great or anything. Darren Rooney, I wouldn't track Darren Rooney. He'd run up and score a goal. Score, Darren Rooney, you're flying it. As I told you, you're primed for this. <laughs> you know, and he'd be, keep telling you, you're primed for it. Everything we've been doing, look at you. Yeah. And uh, b- the A team would beat the B team by maybe 20 points. And this yeah. A team would go off like we're flying. The only thing I thought about that, like we'd be doing this coming up, potentially playing against Dublin and we performed well against Dublin. But I always find when things went bad against us in a game, then, geez, have to yeah, that, have they been ra- have they've been rattled in the last three weeks? They've been hammering the B team, being told yeah, they're brilliant, yeah. and it's gr- it's grand for the confidence. But is that a, that's a brittle confidence but, then because it's based on yeah, something well that, that's not real? Well, that's where Mikko, who am I to question his uh, or who are we to question his uh, style? But you can that that's fine when you're managing an unbelievable Kerry team uh, who won numerous All Irelands where it probably does come down to just a bit of belief uh, when it comes to an all-around final or semi-final. If you're managing it, I know you had a talented Leeds group in fairness, Woolly, um, you also need to prepare for the opposite where, look, if these do get to run on us, which they might get to run on us, uh, um, here's what we're going to do. Yeah, we never prepare for anything like that. Yeah. So you do, but... Never. And that's why you, you, you guys go into themselves and, and, and then the confidence drains because you, you can only trick yourself so much that you are flying it, but... So if you're kicking 3-4 or kicking whatever off a, a fella coming up out of a minor or a fella who got a phone call on Thursday where you come out on Saturday for an AB game and you might get a chance if you get your pair of shorts. Um, well, then that's a different story. Yeah. But but no, you, you, you have to prepare for everything. Like, you know? Yeah, no, uh, you definitely but, do. And but, like, well, if you look, and again, anyone listening, like you, you put your few notes there together um, uh, for the show. If you come on to the show, I'm sure we'd, 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 we'd get away with it, you know, but... Because uh, we're clever lads, I think. But uh, yeah, you'd be you feel more comfortable. You'd be looking a bit more after a few weeks, and yeah. fellas will see through that. And if you're not preparing uh, properly, uh, you, you do get caught out. Bernard Dunn, who was with us for a while, and people used to always ask, What does Bernard Dunn do? Please just tell us. And, I'm uh, one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was great at playing table tennis beforehand <laughs> at the Hotel. He was very competitive. Uh, Bernard was all about what you described there. Um, you've got the preparation done. You've organised your work and your school um, or college to, to, and family life to make sure that you're as rested and as prepared coming to training and putting the effort in. And um, there's no more to do. Just go out and express yourself and, 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 and that's it. And if you've all those different things organised, brilliant. Um, but it's also, you have to acknowledge that there'll be times in life where you're going to be sick and that if I'm sick for a couple of weeks or I'm injured for a couple of months and I'm back in the first, second round of the championship but I've missed out on two or three months training, Am I fit enough? You got to be able to uh, talk yourself around that too. And Bernard was great. I, I found him great that type of thing. You know? Right. Okay. So he, yeah. he he more or less. What would you describe him as then? A life coach. Well, no, no, that was the description <laughs> yeah. of him. But is yeah. that it? Have you have you got your personal life in order? Are you happy? Is that the questions he'd be asking you? You know, are you? He he. he it was never as formal that, as that. Just have just, a chat with you. It'd be just an, a chat and how 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 we getting on and that grand yeah and. You might be thinking about this or thinking about that, or you might have read something, or you'd be watching a boxing match, or uh, and he'd be relaying stories to you about successful people or fights he had, and um, all the 
a guy, Bob Rotella, a sports psychologist, American, he did Park a Harrington, Park Harrington, Park Harrington, I think, yeah. Yeah, and, and there's a, uh, well, he's written a few books. One of his books, How Champions T- Think, he, Rotella was speaking at the Pendulum Summit a couple of years ago. And uh, so I picked up the book after this, but it's basically all the characteristics uh, that successful people have. And Bernard Dawn um, used to espouse them from his experiences as a boxer and preparing in high-performance teams uh, with the Irish squad and as, as an amateur. And being around people who are successful, it just kind of rubs off you and, and, and you're learning the whole time without it ever being... You sit down uh, there and I sit down here. Yeah, it's yeah. never like that. Having like him now. around and being a world champion is no bad thing, right? Exactly, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And then you'd, 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 um, I would have caught up with him in his house a couple of times as well, in fairness, and uh, had a couple of chats with him about life and everything else. And it was more one-to-one than collective then, Gerald. Yeah, more one-to-one. And then if guys want to do an extra bit of fitness in the gym, the, the boxing, he's going to do a half an hour as a, as, a, as a little pump. And guys come back from injury then, you, you'd be in there with him and... Uh, you do a bit of that as well. But going back to Park Harrington and the, and the sports psychology, but uh, it's a clip then. I think Harrington was, I'm not sure which, uh, was it uh, the, the Open Championship where it went to a second Sudden death with Garcia. And, and he's waiting for Garcia to come in. And, and Harrington, uh, Bob Rotella, his sports psychologist, went up and got two 99s. And there's a picture of Harrington licking the 99 with Bob Rotella and the caddy. Uh, waiting for uh, the final the playoff, yeah. yeah, really. So he, he was talking about that at the pendulum summit, and he says, he says, he says, this is just about being relaxed. Says like, you where you, we're we're in a place where we want to be. Playoffs happen, no big deal. Let's have an ice cream. It's a nice day, yeah. and we go and play in a few minutes. He was still shitting it. Gar- he, he threw it away, and Gar- Garcia threw it away more than he yeah, threw yeah. it away. Was that, was that yeah. his first major, and then Garcia yeah. ended yeah. up winning his, his major at the Masters then a yeah, couple of years later? Year, so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that was a good. But the psychologically, obviously, Harrington, after winning the first one, went on and won two more. That was a yeah. huge weight off his back. That's it. I don't know if I want to go back talking about Armar <laughs> Roscommon now. Uh, oh, it seems insignificant after all that. <laughs> we've probably we've probably run run out run out of time a little bit. Um, we'll just take a look through the other divisions because we're going to focus on Armar Roscommon. This is a game. It's on Air Sport at half past six, and we've Kieran McKeever on Monday show. So Jesus on Monday show. Here's me. Do we know if Monday's show is going ahead? I'd love to see the games this weekend go behind closed doors yeah. and you know see how things go with that. I do take the player welfare side of it, but is player is is it is many? What's in a backroom team? Thirty is sixty people, and they're in separate dress. You're only really mixing with thirty. If you're training, you can play. Well, it's not an outdoor yeah. mass gathering of 500 people. No. So it like falls so within the If completely falls over. within, way under it, in yeah. fact. You're talking maybe 60, 60 people. Yeah. Um, and 15 interact, 30 interacting. Is that yeah. right? And 30 not interacting on both sides of the bench. No yeah. handshakes after the match, lads. And even for the sake of... Might suit some managers. <laughs> even for the sake of giving us something to do to watch it on TV rather than going nuts at home, you know, for, for, for the weekend or well, for that's the next thing. Weeks. That's the thing. Right, so Division 3, lads... Um, the, or division, the other big game in Division 2, I think, they're all big games now. Westmead Leash, uh, this is a big game because there, there is a pretty big rivalry between Leash and Westmead. It might not be a national rivalry, but it is a rivalry between the two counties. Whoever wins that one will stay up. Um, Clare play for Manor. Um, I suppose if Clare win that, they're up to six points. They're not safe, but for Manor will be gone. And Kildare and Cavan. Um, Cavan need to win that to keep pressure on Armagh Roscommon. I think Kildare will win that, and then the winner of Armagh Roscommon will be will be will go up. If Cavan beat Kildare, the winner of the Armagh Roscommon match might not certainly be gone up. That's kind of the way that works. In Division Three, down play Leitrim. 
you'd imagine Down are going to win that one. Um, I think, and who did Down play in the last game? I think uh, Longford have to play Cork in the last game and Down play, I'm not too sure Down play, but Down have two easier games at the end and I think Longford have to play, they obviously played Derry away this weekend and then are away to Cork, although Cork will be through. So you don't know how what kind of a team mm. to put out. So still all to play for. We know Cork are gone through and it'll be down Longford or Derry that will uh, meet them. And then Division 4, um, you have Carlo at home to Sligo. Carlo out to mix. Sligo still in. That's all to play for. Limerick-Wexford is the big one in that one. Um, you have eight points versus six points. That's in Ratkeel. So if Limerick win that one, they'll go up. If Wexford win that one, then it's completely all to play for still in that division. And that's it, pretty much. It's still, it's pretty exciting division regarding league with two games left. Nobody has gone up yet, except for a Cork. Cork are gone up, are Cork they? Cork, 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 Cork are, are the only think, team yeah. gone up yeah. with two. And there's, uh, who's, there's no, has there been team been relegated? I don't think any team has been relegated yet. Mead. Yeah. Mead, Mead is the only team. So that's nothing, isn't it, with two yeah. games left. So it's been a very, it's been a very exciting um very exciting league. Right, we'll leave it there, lads, because um, we're out of time and Cheddar's coming in here. Um, we'll be back on Monday, or maybe not. We'll wait and see. Um, uh, we'll wait and see what happens. We'll talk to you whenever. whenever. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. I'm not finished yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both players have, have spoken with each other, and... Uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other, and they're, they're both of them are keen to to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. That these fellas will get such a f- shell shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their f- houses for ten f- years. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.